0: it'll still be in the earth. Years from now, people will be like, hey, I heard you preach a sermon. I'll be like 72. Like, I heard you preach a sermon one time. I'll be real wrinkled, man. Real wrinkled. John chapter 9, verse 7. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Sileon. That's where it means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. And how then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called, Jesus, made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Sileon and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see, where is this man, they asked him. I don't know. I want to come from the topic of this isn't me this isn't me and in my notes I had a secondary one that isn't me anymore so however we go with this story that's that's what we're going but I want you to get in your minds this isn't me cool be seated be seated. This isn't me. Greg, you can turn me down a little bit. I know I'm probably hot in the house. Is that better for y'all? It's good? Hallelujah. All right. So listen. This isn't me. When I was thinking of this sermon, <clears throat> when you, whenever you write sermons or you write papers or write speeches, you always have to get an idea in your mind of what it is you want to eloquently, eloquently speak about when you prepare something, right? When you prepare a statement or you prepare a letter to some people, when you write a letter to McDonald's because they didn't put the right sauce in your fry bag, like you, you write a very eloquent, eloquent letter to them because you want to express how you felt in a way that people can receive. So when I write a word, I try to think of ways to present the information in ways that people can receive and tonight, It it hit me that well, no, not tonight. But writing this word, it hit me that there is something going on in the land with our young adults, and it is the false identity. It's the power of the false identity, and false identity being who you used to be. Anybody ever have? anybody, Anybody have past problems? People, yeah. People, people judge you by what you used to do, what you used to wear, how you used to go out to the club, how you used to drink, how you used to do Yeah, they judge you based on all of that stuff, but that ain't me anymore. So here we have in Scripture a living, breathing example of someone who was ailed by being blind. Man was born blind. From, I preached, I preached through this sermon a little bit before, he was born blind, so he was blind from a, from a baby to a teen to a young adult to an old man. How, can you imagine just not seeing the way that you see right now? Can you imagine how hard that must have been? But to him, it was hard only when he was a, young, when he was a teen because he had to get used to the fact that he was blind. He had to get used to the fact that, you know what, this is is what's wrong with me. I'm going to work around it. And I love how Jesus always comes at the right time. He don't come when we want him, when we call on him all the time, but he does come at the most pristine time that we need him. And in this particular part of Scripture, we see that Jesus is about to heal this man, and he spits in the mud. He puts it on the man's eyes, and then he tells the blind man, now go to the pool. But what is so awesome about this part of Scripture, which I've described before, is the man was so familiar with where the pool was because he had lived there for so long. He had been around that area. He knew what Jesus was talking about, even though he has never seen what the pool looked like because he was, a, he was poor, he was blind, he was a beggar. So when you're a beggar, <laughs> this sounds weird, but you go on tour, you go beg in other areas. You go beg here. We have all met homeless people who end up, who are in one area one week, and the next area the next week, and the next, and the next, and the next. So put yourselves in his shoes. He had been blind, homeless, poor, begging. But he knew his way around. See, you may be, you may have some things that aren't adding up. You may have some less dance, but you can still find your way around back to Jesus. You can still find your way to the place where Jesus is trying to lead you. Y'all with me? So the point that I want to emphasize on this point, not the fact that he was healed by the, by the mud and washing off. No, I want to talk about the fact that people was like, is that the begging man who was doing this, that, and the third? And that can't be him. Because what happens is there's a transformation that happens. When you encounter Jesus, everything changes. Everything about you, the fabric of your nature changes. You don't do the certain things you do anymore. You don't act the certain way you used to do. No, everything changes, and it changes so much that it comes to my point. I want you all to write this down. Trans, the confusion of transformation. The confusion of transformation. What do you mean the confusion of transformation? There is often confusion Not from the people who love you, it's from the people who expected you to be that person for the rest of your life. They expected you to be broken all your life, so when you become whole, it it confuses them because there's been a transformation in your life. What do you mean you're going to school? I thought you didn't even have no money. What do you mean you you found a boyfriend? I thought you was going to be by yourself all your… yeah, yeah. People are confused because you have now had, remember I preached about a significant encounter, you've had a significant encounter and now your life has changed and now people are upset. People are like, "Uh uh-uh, that's the begging man. Or no, 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 maybe that's not him. He was, y'all, the only thing that changed about him was his sight. He he was blind. He didn't didn't go wash up, get a beard cut, he didn't go get a nice fade. No, no, no. He was blind and all he did was wash off mud off of his eyes and people were like, who's this? Who is this? The confusion of transformation. Write this down. Transformation is not only external, but internal. Transformation is not only external, but internal. What does the Bible say? If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. And then all things, all things are passed away. When you come into this family, when you come into being a a kid of Christ, which you have always been, you just now finding out. You have always been a child of God. You're just finding out the next level of potential that you have. But when you come into this family, things have to change not for anybody else but for you we often change for other people we don't really change for us we change to keep up appearances with other people because we live in a culture of making other folk happy and as a result we go home bypassing the mirror because we don't want to deal with what we wake up with every morning am i preaching to somebody tonight because the mirror shows us the reality of who we are in that moment. Can I say something funny? Every, <laughs> everybody, and, I, and this is just testimony time. This is story time. So listen, usually, and my friends who, because I, you know, we all have been on different walks of life, the funny joke about people who go out, they always catch how they look in the middle of the night when they go to the bathroom. Am I lying? <laughs> All my college people keep it a hundred. When you go out and you hit that first, you didn't have a few, and you go to the bathroom and you in the mirror like, hey. Oh, my eyelashes coming off. <laughs> ladies are, are really funny. <laughs> I don't know why you hear ladies' conversations in the bathroom all the time, but it's so funny because they like, girl, fix my lash, roll out my hair. And they're just like, forget it. Let's just go back out. Y'all. If, if you know I'm not lying, put it in the chat. Let's keep it a hunting. We family here. <laughs> yeah, and fellas, we've been in the bathroom just struggling. Just like, what? Pull it together, pull it together, pull it together, pull it together. <laughs> You're just talking to yourself in the mirror because you have bypassed something that would show you the reality of who you are based on decisions. You've bypassed it because you don't want to deal with the reality. Like, I know I look bad, so I ain't going to look at it. I know I'm depressed, so I'm not going to look at it. I know I don't like the way I look, so I'm not going to look at it. I know that I am fearful and I have no confidence in myself, my skills, or any of my anointing, so I'm not going to look at it. And what's the mirror that we don't like to look at because it reads us and shows us who we are? This good old book right here. This is the biggest mirror that we don't like to read because it may tell on us. Mirrors tell on you. Yeah, you, you in the club and you having a good time and you drinking and smoking, all this stuff. But yeah, once you hit that mirror in the bathroom, you'd be like, I think I have made every terrible decision tonight. And the decision that you make after that moment, because now you realize how you look, you have a decision to be like, I'm done. But what do we do? I'm going back out. Like it's a pep talk. You're ruining yourself. You're already mad at yourself. You I look a mess, but I must still go out and make myself look like more of a mess because this is the reality that I want to deal with. I don't want to deal with this one, so I'm going to deal with this one. This one is easier. I got friends in this one. We all in the mirror taking a selfie, and all of us is broken taking a selfie. All of us is wondering, man, I wish I could just be at home right now. Am I keeping it too real tonight? That's okay because someone needs to, and it, there's no point of coming to church if we're not going to have real conversations. We are scared of mirrors. We are terrified to deal with the reality of, like, I am not this person anymore. That isn't me. It may be me right now, but this, this ain't me. That's usually what we say in the back of our head. This ain't me. This isn't me. I'm only out here because so-and-so want to come out here. I'm only out here because I was the designated driver now I'm drunk. Like, let's keep it 100. We get peer pressured into people who don't even really care about us and get mad at people who do care about us because they're pushing us to actually deal with this, man. Deal with this, girl. You don't look good. Deal with this. No, no, I'm going to go. Pastor Lincoln always trying to yell at somebody and tell them they ain't doing right. What about him? Yeah, I deal with myself too every single day. Do you know that creative people are the most sensitive people in the world? Any creative people in here? You, yeah, Archie, yeah, y'all are super sensitive, right? And if anybody pick at your gift, you'd be like, uh-uh. Or you'd be like, oh, I must be trash. Y'all, I second-guess sermons that I wrote that I know that was from the Lord. Because if I allow the wrong mirrors to show me a reflection that's not the reality of who I am, if I'm following a bunch of funhouse mirrors, then I'm gonna only receive what the funhouse mirror shows me. That's what I'm gonna receive. And then I'll say to the mirror, this is me. I have watched so many people compromise with their current life status. I'm okay with being mediocre. Who I need to impress. Who am I getting dressed up for? I'm going to be single all my life. Why I got to do this? I'm going to be single all my life. Matter of fact, me and my boys, we all going to be single all our life. Like that's a come up or something. That's not cute. The Bible say it ain't good for man to be alone. Am I lying? Yeah, it ain't good for you to be alone, fellas. I don't know why the Lord just told me. Yeah, fellas, let's talk. It's not good for you to be alone, so quit trying to be a lone wolf. God wouldn't have made Eve out of the side of Adam if you were supposed to be alone. He would have kept it intact. He that findeth a wife findeth a what? A good thing. You looking for the wrong good thing. You looking for a good time, not a good thing. We looking for a good time, not a good thing. Because the good thing will challenge us. The good thing will keep us accountable. But a good time, we can just have a good time, and then we get in the mirror be like, whoa, you look rough. We're going back out. And as a result, we get into the same cycle. Every, <laughs> it's funny. People who go out and party, and I'm not casting any aspersions like I, I ain't never went out or anything. No, I'm talking about the fact that that isn't me anymore, and I'm trying to give reality to what going out can actually be if you go out in the wrong way. Some people go out just to get drunk. Some people go out just to get away from their from they friends or whatever. I don't know. They, because they don't have anything else to help them cope with the reality that they're not happy with themselves. We think everybody in the club is happy with their life and they're really not. That's why they get all the expensive clothes they can. I've never seen so many people with Gucci on. I've never seen so many people in the middle of a pandemic. Why you got Gucci on? What's going on? You got money? in that? We, oh, that's where that check went. Yeah, people got more stuff then they do good things because they want to have a good time. Everybody want to have a good time. I'm not not criminalizing a good time. You can all have a good time without alcohol. You can all have a good time without drugs. You can all have a good time without making fun of somebody else because they're drunk. Because Christians do that too. Oh, so-and-so is getting out, going, like you ain't ever been to the club. Calm down. Yeah, we get saved and then we forget. I want to talk to them real quick, too. There's some folk who have gotten saved and they didn't forgot. You used to be us, lost, trying to find out. And now that you have found yourself, you don't have enough gumption, enough strength, enough Holy Ghost in you to say, I'm going to help somebody else find they self. We, want to be, we want to be self-made, but we don't want God to make us because that image he shows us might not be the one we want to see. It's easy to be self-made because I can deal with the image right here. But when it comes to being God-made and allowing God to make me into something, I got to bow down to this. And this is hard to bow down to because there's things that come with it. Can't do everything everybody else do. Why would you want to? You're just another clone then. Who want to be a clone? Nobody. Nobody. Because I already feel like people don't see me. And if I became a clone, people really wouldn't see me. They wouldn't see my different fabric of the way that I'm made. They wouldn't see my eye color. I would be just like everybody else. We do things to blend in sometimes. Even though the Word of God asked us to stand out. Check that. We like to do the opposite of everything that the Word of God asked us to actually be. And that's a hard pill to swallow. We think that being a Christian comes with all these rules and regulations. No, 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 It comes with relationship. How many of y'all in a relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do everything. <laughs> you can't go everywhere no more. And guess what? That's okay. Remember when you were single? You was like, it's cold out here. Burn. <laughs> the biggest time, the bi- <laughs> the biggest pill i ever swallowed when i was out and i'd be like man everybody here with they boo and i'm here with a bunch of dudes <laughs> or a bunch of people who don't even like themselves remember the times for those of y'all who are in relationships and i'll get to the single people in a minute there are people people who y'all in relationships remember when you was like man i just i want to go home and chill with somebody i want to put on netflix netflix wasn't even out there yet it was blockbuster i would go, go get a movie and sit down i want to chill and if I want to go out, I'm going out with them, my significant other. We forget just because we got them now. We get comfortable just because we got them now. We let every other thing out. Yeah, what you did to get that person, do it to keep them. Can we be honest? Whatever you did to get that person, enhance that and keep. Look at my fiance staring into my soul. Yes. Whatever you did to get that person, you have to continue to do it to keep them. Because eventually, people do get tired of all these random changes. Okay, you was all this before we got this, and now you this. What's going on? What's go? Yeah. So, rep. Always remember how it felt to not have that person, and now you got them. Single people, realize what's going on right now. You get to choose. Who you want to be with the rest of your life. (gasps) You get, man, you get to write in a journal and pray about it. Not about eye color, not about hips and thighs. No, no, no. I want them to love Jesus. (laughs) And I want them to love me. Because if they love Jesus first, I know they can love me. Can I get a witness in the house tonight? (laughs) Because the reality is we're looking for hips and thighs and shoulders and chest instead of looking what lies behind the chest, which is a heart, and does that heart love God? Because this, why why am I talking about relationships right now? Because in relationships, it's important to accept that this ain't me anymore. In relationships, there comes a point where you can't accept because we all can have, we all got skeletons in the closet. We be out to dinner with your significant other and they be like, oh, there go my ex-boyfriend. You be like, ex-boyfriend, what's going on? Well, I had a life before you, joker, or I had a life before you, girl. Yeah, there are things that, but I'm not that anymore. I'm with you. This is who I am now. I'm not blind anymore. I can see. is that crazy? He can see now. But people were so perplexed, like, I don't think that's him. Is it him? He had to open up his mouth, the man who was blind. It's me. Oh, I feel something. I want to talk to people who have dealt with friend groups that you had no business being in. And when you left them, they ended up saying to you, is that so-and-so? He looked different. She looked different. Wasn't she the one that was always drunk? Why she look nice? Because I don't kick it with you no more. I, I kick it with people who care about my existence and care about me getting better and care about the fact that if I am going through something, I can call on them to say, hey, what's going on? You all right? You good? You need those people in your lives. You need a Jesus. Jesus straight up just pulled up and was like I'm go wash off. <laughs> I told y'all Pastor Lincoln was crazy. So Jesus does his miracle, and people aren't even astonished by man. People are so focused on the fact that they don't know who he is, they're not even looking at the fact that he just got healed from being blind. I just got healed from being being off of drugs. But you're asking, oh, where did you get that coat from? What? (laughs) That's not who I am anymore. And it's it's good to remember who you aren't anymore. You don't need to forget. No, no, you need to remember. Because everything that you went through back there is pushing you forward to where you're going to be. You can't forget where you came from. You ever get mad at people who forget who they, where they came from? Oh, you got a job or you forgot. And then there's people who, who you are doing better and you went and did something else. You didn't, you left the community, you left the job or you left them or whatever, and they're mad because you, like, you did something with your life and they're still doing the same thing. You'd be like, like oh, you changed. No, I just got smarter. And I want to do more and you just stayed here. These are reality things. When we come to New Life YA, when you log on to New Life YA, we're going to talk about some real stuff. And the real thing that is happening right now is we have people who are in the current living in the past. Living in the past. What is so attractive about back here? What's attractive about being back here? Is it that I can see more people? <laughs> What's attractive about being going back in the past? Look where I was. Look how many steps it took me to get here. I am forfeiting all that forward momentum to stay comfortable back here. There's a comfort level in the past. Say, I can always go back. No, 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 no. You can't go back. The blind man wasn't walking around saying, oh, I can always go back and be blind and be a beggar. He was more focused on like, I just got a new chance in life. All I knew was blindness. Now I'm seeing actual color. Now I'm seeing actual sharpness of image. You think I'm going back? Man, I was, I'm in such a healthy relationship. Why would I go back to this person who was toxic? because it was less work, because they were easy going. They didn't challenge me. It was nice back here. The Israelites, because they had a little confrontation, they was like, we would rather go back to Egypt, in slavery. Hold on. <laughs> Why are we going back to bondage? Because going forward is tough. Because going forward requires more out of us. It is so hard to push forward without worrying about what's back, what's behind you. Can I get an amen? It's hard to push because you allow yourself to think backward. That's why it's complicated. It's like me trying to walk forward pulling a semi-truck. Saying, oh, but I'm moving forward. But you can move forward faster if you would let the truck go. You would move faster, you would move forward faster if you would let them go. What do you owe them? You gave them 22 years of your life. What do you owe them? What do you owe your past hurt? What do you owe anxiety? What do you owe? What do you owe that? Can I tell you, you don't owe it anything? Jesus already paid for it, and you don't have to pay for something that Jesus already paid for on the cross. He already paid for this. Do y'all know how, cra- man, we get so, I hate to call this, but we get, you know how you get real cocky? You be like, well, they paid for it already. I'm going to get it. You know when somebody pays for your dinner, you get whatever you want. Oh, you paying for it? Joker, give me a number nine, a foe, and a large drink. Hallelujah. You get cocky because somebody else paid for it. You don't have to go in your pocket and pay for it. So if Jesus already paid for all of this, why are we pulling out our wallets to pay for it now? Why? That's not me anymore. That's not me anymore. Write this down, transformation is a decision. Transformation is a decision. Oh, everything is a choice. That is the beauty of the God that we serve. He gives us a choice. And in that choice, we get to go forward, backward, or stay the same. Everybody thinks it's always two things. No, no, no. You can stay the same. It's dangerous to do that, but you can stay the same. The blind man had a choice. He could have got insulted at the fact that there was mud on his eyes, he could have been angry with the fact that he had to still be blind walking to the pool. The Bible never said that he asked for help. He still had to walk to the pool with mud on his eyes, trusting that when he got to the pool, when he washed it off, he would receive what Jesus told him that he would. Can I tell you all the crazy part about this is? Sometimes Jesus will put the blessing right in front of us but we won't walk to the pool. We would rather stay stagnant instead of going forward. We don't want to go back, but we don't want to put the extra effort in to actually be healed. I find myself in this dilemma all the time because depending on what you want from God, it always requires something. It always requires forward progress. You're gonna to have to do something, and sometimes you're gonna to have to do it blind. What's blind me? You have to do it in faith. I want the job, but I'm gonna keep applying until I get, I'm, even when the first one said no, I still gotta keep applying. I want my family to be saved. And even though my mom won't listen to me, I'm going to have to keep pushing. Maybe I'll work on my sister because I have to have, I got to have faith. He still had to walk. It was on him. The blessing was on him. All he had to do was walk and rinse. Walk and then rinse. Not rinse, then walk. Walk and then rinse. Can I tell you something about rinsing? You ever rinse something off that's dirty? Like real filthy? You be in the kitchen, you put that real good hot water on, that hot water that burned your hand a little bit, we'd be like, all right, it's going to clean off. It's steaming up. It washes off the residue, and the thing that was dirty is now clean. It doesn't look like it used to. Do y'all realize because he washed off his iniquity, being healed and blessed look different to everybody else. That's what some of us are going through right now. Some of us are so blessed that we don't even realize it. Can I tell you how you realize it? When you keep facing people like, well, say, hey, well, yo, oh, man, I didn't even know that was you. Is that it? Man, that's great. Man, st- she used to do all that. Maybe that is to her. Yeah, yeah. When people constantly are asking you questions about what you're doing, how come you're doing that, what makes you think you can do that, that means you must be blessed. I have people in my mentions all the time over some stupid stuff. And I'll be like, I must be blessed. <laughs> it was good that I was afflicted because now I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It hurt, but I'm blessed. It stunk, it stung, and I lost so many people that I thought were important to my life, but I'm blessed. Yet, this man didn't have nothing to lose. All he had to lose was being the same person for the rest of his life. He already experienced what that felt like to be the same person for all of his life. He wanted to become new. How many of us, hear me what I'm saying, How many of us want to become new, like really become new, really experience a new version of ourselves? It's going to take a walk. And when you get there, look, see how close I got to the edge? But I I was able, because something was guiding me, something alerted me like, "Uh uh-uh, don't go off to the edge. You know what that was? The Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit too, and I'm going to talk about that. But this, oh, I can see. Oh, my gosh. She's cute over there. I can see. (laughs) And then instead of people celebrating with him, because he got blessed, check this, because he got blessed, instead of celebration, the first thing that people ask is, what you happy about? Who is that? Anybody in here? And y'all ain't even got to raise your hand, but I know you're going to. You ever got blessed and you expected the people to be happy and all they said was, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just bust out laughing. I don't know what made me laugh. Whew. Shake my head. You laugh about it now, but it hurt when it happened. It, it's easy to laugh about it now because it's a scar. It's covered up. It's healed. But right then and there, it hurt. What you mean, man? Especially when you are happy for other people. When you the person who's happy for everybody else, but when you get blessed and nobody, every you clapping for everybody else, but when it's your turn. Nice. Congratulations. What? And because we are healed enough and strong enough and confident in who we are, we'll accept this clap instead of this one. We'll be like, the people that do this, they love me. That's my best friend. Oh, that's just time. We, we real good friends. We go way back, way back. Yeah, we love these people who are hesitant to put their hands together for us, but will call us out if we don't clap for them. I can clap for you. Let me tell you something. If I'm clapping for you, you better clap for me. That's real friendship. If we friends, and something crazy happened to you, like awesome, amazing, like we should all be excited, I'm going to be like, oh my God, what are we doing? We're going to eat, we're going to get this, what are we doing? <laughs> and I expect the same thing from you because I want to feel the warmth of what you felt when I did it for you. Matter of fact, I may even need it more than you needed it because a lot of us have lived our lives clapping for other people and we don't even know what this sound feels like when it comes to us. We do this for everybody else. We golf clap for other people, thinking that our clap will give us status in their life, but all you're doing is. This man got healed from blindness. And they said, who that? Well, is he so-and-so? He looked like one of the beggars. I don't know. He had to tell them, it's me. It is me. Look at me. I'm healed. And you know what's crazy? What they do? They ain't say congratulations. They say, well, who did it? Who who helped you? What'd you do to get it? Oh, you must, oh, you got that house? Oh, you he only working so-and-so. He must be selling drugs. <laughs> I'm keeping it a hundred right now. People always question you. But don't want you to question them because you've been a crowd. You've been a clapper all they life. And now that you're doing better than them, they'd be like, ah, hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, she she whatever, he whatever. Yeah, this is real stuff. This is real stuff that we have to deal with. We got to deal with. Those who have clapped for everybody else, but when it come to us, we just want somebody to say congratulations. They won't even give us that. Oh, that's nice. Hope it goes well. What? But I clapped for you. Matter of fact, I went in my pocket and gave to you. I went in my heart and gave to you. I gave you my time. I gave you my action. Listening, I didn't just listen to listen, I gave you my active listening, and I can't even get you to put your hands together for a few milliseconds. What because you're too busy asking, Well, who did it for you? And you know what you can do to shut people like that up? Oh, God did it, God reached down and it down here and said. My child wanted it and they got it because they prayed for it, they asked for it, and because they did all of those things, I couldn't help but open up the windows of heaven and pour them out a blessing. That's what I tell people. People have asked me, What am I doing at New Life Church? Uh, Working? (laughs) Doing the Word of God? Oh, well, what made you want to get into that? I don't know. The Lord just told me to do it, so I started doing it. Can I tell y'all a secret between us and you online? Between us, y'all, some days I don't even know what I'm doing, but God has blessed me with ambition to figure it out. Can I ask y'all to figure it out? (laughs) Whatever you are nervous about doing, figure it out. Because God has given you everything you need to figure it out. Don't worry about the fact that you don't know what you're doing because that's not you anymore. You are now in a position of life where God is asking you to trust me. Walk to the pool. And when you get your blessing, don't forget. Who bless you? Jesus. They call him Jesus. They call him Jesus. Self-made will say, oh, I did it. I went and got the loan. I went and did that. No, no, no. But God made... Oh. Jesus did this for me. It was nobody but him. I cried over this thing. I never even thought I would see this. I wrote it in a book two years ago. You can't can't make me feel bad because what I wrote in paper came to life. How many of y'all got notebooks? Yeah, how many of y'all write in the notebook? Okay, if you ain't been writing in it, let's start writing in it. Because putting the vision down, the Bible says write the vision down and make it plain. What does that mean? I'm writing down what what God is showing me. He's showing me something that I can do, that I want to do. He's giving me provision. He's giving me vision to do it. But I got to write it down because even though you got it in your mind, don't mean it's coming to fruition. You need to write it down. Because writing it down will make it be seen in your eye gate. You can feel it. In your mind, we forget about so many things. But you write the vision down, you can pop it open on a rainy day when you're feeling broke and be like, "Uh uh-uh. I remember on April 10th, I wrote this thing down, and I'm working on it. I ain't seen it yet. I ain't smelt it. I don't even know what it looked like. But I believe it's coming because I'm going to keep praying over it every single day until it happens. I won't let go until you bless me because I don't want to be him no more. I don't want to be hurt no more. That's not who I am. This is who I am. And if this is who I'm going to be, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Jacob's name changed after he wrestled with God. His name changed. Does anybody want their name to change? Not what's written on your birth certificate, what other people called you. Come on. Do, do you want what other people call, you want your name to change? Yeah. Man, I feel this thing. If you want your name, Antoine, come on up. If you want your name to change, you come up to Joe. Transformation is a decision. You have to want the change. Grandma can't do this for you. Mom can't do this for you. Auntie can't do this for you. Stephen Furtick can't do it for you. Michael Todd can't do it for you. Bishop Jakes can't do it for you. Pastor Lincoln can't do it for you. Pastor Lord, we can't do it for you. You got to do it. Because transformation is a decision. It's a decision. And until you decide that you want your name to change, it won't happen. And what names are we talking about? I could easily be offended by so many things, but you know what I say about those things? That's not my name. That's not my name. In a world that's swirling around in hate, I've been called names, but I ain't got an answer to them. I've been fearful. I've been riddled with anxiety. Trying to figure out where I fit in this picture. I've been called anxious. I've been called a failure. Been called, oh, that so-and-so's son. That's so-and-so's nephew. That's a cheater, that's this, that's that. We've all been called something, but I'm asking you to tell that title, that's not my name. <laughs> that's, that's not my name. That's who I used to be. That's not my name. When I see people from my old life, they be like, hey, partner, hey, blah, blah, blah. They call me whatever that name was at the time. I'm like, man, like, they be like, how you doing, bro? like... I'm doing good, bro, but like, I don't do that no more. (laughs) Because that's not my name. I used to be fear, I used to be anxiety, I, I used to be depression. But that's not my name. This isn't me. That ain't who I am anymore. I'm not the blind man anymore. lens, through these lenses right here and you saying but that is my name right now. Guess what? Right now is only temporary. Don't turn a situation into a lifestyle. You were anxious once. You had an anxiety attack once. and You allowed it Beneath the power of the Holy Ghost, that's not your name. Even if mom called you, even if dad called you it, parental figure, whoever it is, teacher, they may have called you it, but I believe in my soul, that ain't your name. I'm still. He met you one other time and it was through them. Can I tell you something? I mean, just really man to man, brother to brother. That's not who you are anymore. I don't know who told you that's who you were still. Where well, you're trying to better yourself and it's hard. It's always going to be hard to better yourself, but you can do it because that's not your name anymore. God wrote down a name for you alone first name you're going to find out you are tonight is free. You're free, man. You ain't got to worry about all this old stuff. You ain't got to worry about older people. You ain't got to worry about the the ex, the the whatever. You ain't got to worry about it. Your first name is free. And now that you're free, you get to make the next decision. Who am I going to be next? I think I'm going to be happy. I think I'm going to be motivated, ambitious. Fearless. If I want to start my own business, I'm going to do it. I don't care who says I can't do it because so and so didn't do it or take this much money. I know the God who will pour down finances in a moment's notice. So if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. one who breathed in dirt and made us. Whew. That's why I tell people, what's the point in serving the universe, the creation, where you can serve the creator of the universe? I don't need a stone. Man, Paige, I don't need a stone because the stone was rolled away <laughs> so that I could have new life in Jesus. Whew. Oh my God. I don't know why I begin so excited talking about the Word of God because it's true. Check this out. I was writing this down earlier today. We all talk about those positive affirmations. Can I read y'all some biblical affirmations? Man, it's cool. I'm not saying that those are wrong, but it is something amazing to read about affirmations that were written about you several thousand years ago. Through the energy of Christ working powerfully in me, I teach others his truths. So an affirmation from that is, I'm powerful. And because I'm powerful, I can teach other people about this power. That's Colossians 1 and 29. As I follow Jesus, as I walk with him, I Luke 24, 36. As I follow Jesus, I walk with him and you're thinking about taking your life, and I'm telling you, it ain't worth it. Don't cut your story short. You don't even know the end. Keep walking. I promise you, you're just at the climax of the story. Oh my God. I promise you, you are at the pinnacle of this story. God is my refuge and my strength always ready to help me in times of trouble? Psalm 46 and 1. God is my refuge and my strength always ready to help me in times of trouble. Psalms 46 and 1. My faith makes me whole in spirit, soul, and body. Mark. some of us have been troubled in our spirit in our soul and in our body you want to be made whole in those three areas activate your faith activate it mark 5 and 34 my faith makes me whole in spirit soul and body this is one of my favorites the fullness of God is available to me because I am deeply rooted in the love of Jesus. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. The fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? the last time you took a real nice inhale knowing that it's going to be alright? Oh my God. It's going to be alright. Usually when I tense up and say, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how we're going to get married in this time. I don't trust myself to make the right decision. But imagine having the fullness of God saying, he going to work it out. trust him. I believe in him. All in my heart. So he gonna do it. And that inhale is that moment. That moment. That's the choice. That inhale. Because you can easily be like, I don't know. But that choice right there when you breathe in that air. I can choose to trust or to tremble. Which one am I gonna choose? I trust you, God. It ain't easy, Lord. I just want you to know. But I trust you. I trust you. Everybody underneath the sound of my voice, I want you to bow your head, close your eyes right now. Online, stay locked in with me. This is a moment. This is a moment. If you want your name to change tonight, like we've been talking about, I just want you to You to and you don't gotta say it out loud unless you want to scream it. I want you to release and say, That's not me. That's not me. Yeah, whisper it to yourself, that's not me. If some of you are holding on to something that's a stronghold on you, and you feel like you gotta shout it out, say that's not me. Because I don't want people to leave here and log off being bound. No, 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 no. yeah yeah that's not me it used to be me I used to dress like that I used to walk like that but it's not me no more I found Jesus come on somebody I found God I found the Savior I found Jesus the Son of the Living God the same Jesus that stayed on the cross same Jesus that walked out the tomb. That's not my name no. It's not my name. And because it's not my name, I'm not going to accept when people try to name me that. Try to rename me that. No, I ain't no file on your laptop. You can't rename me once I've been renamed by Jesus. That's not Hey, family. Hope you enjoyed the sermon. Listen, be sure to click subscribe to be able to see all of our content and keep up with all of our things that we're going to be posting throughout the year. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and New Life YSU, and be sure to follow us on our website, newlifepoland.com. I hope this sermon blessed you, and we hope that you have a great rest of your day. See you soon.